Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zone in. Block Talk Radio. All right.
Blog Talk Radio is saying we only got 13 minutes left, and it was a confusion back there, and it's kind of like, stop the show. We got to do this at 8.30, and guess what, guys? Even at 8.30, we are number two live in popularity. Awesome. Everybody's got to do a number two. All right, so we're still number two in popularity, even though we had to run the show later and pull different link, and I had to delete that last link. So everybody post this link that I just sent you. Forget the last link because that link does not exist anymore. This is the link for the show. Uh, Very happy. John is very accommodating. He's an awesome guy. You guys are going to love this show. And I'm very happy that he's so patient with us. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll call in. I'll call in. And, you know, I know you guys are East Coast time. You're probably going to have to, you know, it's 8 o'clock my time. It's 1130 your time. And I know you guys got to get to work. So, but we're going to try to show as long as possible. A couple of announcements. Uh, Let me see if Nick is on. Is Nick here with us? Is Nick here? Nope. Nick is not here with us. Echo, make an announcement. Hey, Nick, Nick, call in. There you go. Nick, call in. <laughs> All right, a uh, couple of announcements. Uh, uh, William, it actually, <laughs> she actually picked up on your voice. That was really cool. All right, a couple of announcements. Wow. Uh, I, and I'm really sorry, William and Tom. I owe you guys both an apology. I where your honest Amish soap is on its way. No problem. It's on its way. Well, I feel bad every time I get off work. I'm like, damn, I got to get this to the, because they're like right there on my dresser. And every time I walk in the room, I'm like, damn it. I'm waiting. Actually, Nick's supposed to print me out a label. So honestly, it's Honest, um, honestly, it's Nick's fault because he's supposed to print me out a label. So it's I'm waiting on the label. Right. You can blame it on Nick, but you guys are both getting your Honest Amish soap, and I'm using it, and oh, my gosh, I love that soap. Wow, so we're going to use soap. That's going to be awesome. Okay, yeah. so... Uh, <laughs> so we're in a pubic hair on it. We don't care. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah, a thing called, there's a thing called soap. And that's what you do to wash your body with. Yeah, I'm all out. I've been waiting for you to send it, so I'm getting a little ripe, you know. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, you probably smell me from here. <laughs> well, here I thought that yeah. was uh, yesterday's leftovers, but okay, yeah, but it up, you're right. You got a good point. You know. <laughs> It's on its it's honestly on its way, and it's called Honest Amish right. Soap. I, I swear, I sent you guys both a photo. It's on its way, and Aaron D. Johnston is so excited that the two of you are going to try this soap. Aaron D. Johnston, Honest Amish, there's Nickerdoodle. Uh, Aaron D. Johnston, Honest Amish. 
really kick-ass soap. Nick, would you agree? Oh, who, me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I I, uh, I ran his soap all over my body. It was just really great. <laughs> and the, the picture of the Amish guy on the box of it was watching the whole time. Wow. He had this smile, and he had this pipe, and he was smoking. He was just like, you know, just a voyeur, you know. Um, All right, so. Uh, and that, that so, was so odd. Tom, that was very odd. Well, 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 Tom, you know what that means, right? What? Well, that means we get to decide, wait and be surprised exactly uh, which soap are we getting, the one that Francie used or the one that Nick used? <laughs> the one that I used. The one that hey, I used. Well, we didn't wash her butt with it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. I know pubic hair on it. Uh, yeah. I'll even sign it for you. I'll sign it for you. You can sell uh, it on eBay. Aaron D. Johnson, he blew a car gasket today. I bet he's blowing a gasket. If he's listening, you know, Aaron D. Johnson, we love the soap. Oh, and, and it smells great. To, and it's less <laughs> filling. Yeah. If you go, it's to, great less go, to, go to honestamish.com, use the password Talking Beards, you will get uh, free shipping on that. It's really good soap for all your mustache and beard needs. Oil, William, Tom, you guys are cleanly shaven, so I can't send you guys some beard and mustache. But it's, it's a great product. It's made in the USA. It's all natural. Do it. And it's honest. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, any announcements from anybody before we get John on the show? And, Tom, I can't pronounce his last name, and I don't want to screw it Your up. Your Okay, thank you. All right, any announcements before we bring John? I've got nope. a little couple, I guess, to get out of the way. Um, All right. Uh, Black Bedsheet Books, uh and stuff. Uh, I ordered some Halloween fours, and Francie ordered some werewolves of hers, and you know, where the book werewolf. And uh, so we're going to be having copies of that. I'm going to start selling Halloween four novelizations on eBay again, and I'm also developing a surplus to give away for free, personally, and sign for the kids on and whoever <laughs> on Halloween. And oh, I have been. Busting my ass on Halloween, um, getting everything out the front, back, and side yards. And we, I, I kind of looked at the calendar, and I'm going, wow, I thought that we were, like, um, I didn't think that we were this quite ahead of ourselves, which means I probably will get, before Halloween actually happens, maybe a week of just, like, enjoying everything instead of preparing everything else that needs to be done at the last minute. So, yay! And hopefully still I'll have some Black Betsy book authors here signing books for free for the kids, too. All the books are free. Everything is free on Halloween. And, uh, yeah. So, I'm going to share some more photos on our group page on Facebook um, this week. And we are also coming out with a, uh, our latest book, 
Michael McCarty's Fighters this week. So look out nice. for that. And if I can, if I can get away with it, if I have some time, I really want to try to get out Raina Young's. Um, I think it's book 12 or 11 or 12 in her monster wow. series that I have with her. It's uh, the mummy one. I forgot what it's called, but it's about a mummy this time. So, yeah, <laughs> if I can. But this is a busy time of year for me. And usually, and people like sometimes point fingers at me and say, you know what, you're a horror publisher. You should have most of your books coming out on Halloween. But that's impossible because I'm busy setting up and everything. And we have so many books already to exploit that this is the time to not publish but exploit them more than any other time of the year. So, And that makes perfect sense to me. So, uh, anywho... Uh, before you guys uh, say anything, do I have anything else? Um, other than that, hamsters say woo. Cow say moo. Cats say meow. Yep. Dogs bark. Hamsters, they say woo. Okay, I guess I'm done. Okay, William Trump, any announcements? No. William Wyatt. All right, Don't so we're going to talk. All right, uh, we got a all right. Tell Thanks. us where you're Thanks, from Tom. and I'm what you're doing. Where I'm from, where I'm doing. Well, I'm yep. originally from uh, the same town uh, we grew up in, Helmand, Michigan. And, I, and I'm working on uh, new uh, science fiction, horror, and humor books uh, for the coming year. Uh, I'm best known for doing the uh, Dorian Gray graphic novels for Tideway Productions. Oh, that's great. Ooh. Yeah, yeah so I, I get to work. Your, you want to tell us about your Dorian Gray and uh, Insane Jane books? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, yeah, my Dorian Gray books are like the uh, sequel to Oscar Wilde's picture of Dorian Gray, uh, where, you know, Dorian Gray, he makes a wish to stay young and beautiful forever, where his portrait ages for him. But it has very disastrous effects. But uh, my books concentrate on uh, the exploits of his great grandson, Dorian Gray the Fourth, who lives a very uh, privileged life in modern-day Manhattan. And when he's uh, when he finds out he's been a long line of monster hunters, he takes up the uh, family business and helps those who are making deals with these demonic uh, figures called uh, the Morbi, which feast upon. Uh, evil deadly sins. <laughs> wow. I get to work with, yeah. yeah, I get to work with uh, some of the uh, rising talent from Marvel, DC, Dynamite, and Image. Uh, I have to say that Emilio Utura uh, did an awesome job illustrating the uh, first issue. Uh, I looked him up online uh, before we uh, brought him in. 
I looked at his portfolio, and I was very impressed with its John Constantine pages because I'm a huge uh, Constantine fan. Uh, one of my favorite graphic novels was The Dangerous Habits Trade, which was the basis for uh, the Keanu Reeves movie back in 2005. And while I was looking through his pages, I was like, yes, this is the exact uh, feeling and tone I wanted for the Dorian Gray books. So we were uh, very lucky to get him. And I'm very wow. uh, yeah. So for, um, uh, you know, one thing that one thing that Francine Friends is known for is introducing the world, especially the um, younger generations, to people that they've never heard of before. Um, what exactly do you do with comics? Are you a writer, illustrator, uh, all-around guy? What what exactly? What's the meat and potatoes behind you? Uh, actually, I'm, a, I'm sorry. Yeah, what was what was the rest of your question? Well, it was a I kind of trailed off there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, the the whole um, uh, what do you uh, what do you contribute? What do you oversee? What do you how? What's your what do you do? Oh, well, I'm both a writer and an artist. Um, I've been writing and drawing since I was a little kid. And I thought it would be a great idea, a uh, great career for me to expand uh, upon. Um, I took uh, journalism classes in college, and I was a journalist. I was a sports writer for a while in a small town paper. While I was uh, doing uh, creative writing at the college, uh, my uh, mentor said, Hey, you should uh, submit some of these for uh, publication. So I. But then my short fiction, I got picked up, and I started uh, drawing uh, comics on side, and pretty much it took off from there. Not bad. Awesome. Awesomeness. Very awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I had you, a. I, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was going to say what. In terms of the uh, with the uh, comic industry, who, who do you find to be your major uh, sources of inspiration? Oh man, I've read a lot of comics. Trust me, I have like uh, dozens of long boxes all stacked up in my office, and uh, I have to say that uh, Frank Miller is like a major inspiration for me with his uh, gritty noir. Uh, type of writing for Sin City books. Uh, when I yep. first saw Sin City back in 2005, I was immediately hooked when I first heard this line, she shivers in the wind like the last leaf on a dying tree. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I want to write like that. <laughs> that is good writing. Hey, Frank yeah. Miller is, is uh, one of the most legendary uh, and especially with what he did with Batman with the Dark Knight and everything. Have you ever worked with him? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't met him, but he's like uh, one of the most uh, uh, prolific writers of our time, and I really want to meet him uh, and pick his brain about his whole process. I mean, what what goes into uh, the characters that he creates and does he find it difficult to write for a specific character like uh, Daredevil or Batman or any of the uh, A-list superheroes? 
Yeah, that dude has been around now for a long time. And I keep yeah. hearing um, um, uh, rumors about his uh, Spawn uh, remake um, uh, stuff with, uh, oh, um, oh, with what's his name playing Spawn? Uh, I forgot, Electra from Amazing Spider-Man. Michael ah, J. White? What's his name? Jamie Foxx? Uh-huh. Michael J. White? Yeah. Michael J. White, he was the uh, first Spawn, but I heard Jamie Foxx was going to be... Uh, Jamie uh, Foxx is supposed to be Spawn now, yeah. And, but uh, that's the guy supervised by, by Tom McFarlane. So it, it's got his blessing and his influence, I think. I'm not sure if he's even acting, but he's still, wow, he's still going strong after all this time. What do you think about Mike Mignola? Hellboy. Yeah, Hellboy. I mean, I really dig his art. And uh, he was, I don't know if you know this, but he was the guy who we designed uh, Mr. Freeze for Batman the Animated Series. So he came I up didn't with know that. that. Yeah, yeah, he did. He wow. came up with that design. And uh, and I really dig his art, and he's very, um, wow. I mean, I put him in my top five. <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> and he's such a nice guy. Like, oh, you yeah, would, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we met uh, him. Uh, and... uh, there was a few conventions, and he was, like, across the table from us at one. And it, it was just, uh, yeah, and with me, more than, like, two or three. He's always great. He's always, like, just so cordial and and stuff. That's that's the way everybody has to be at those things. And, you know, I, I, uh, what's your convention like um, life like? Do you do you make appearances and sign things? And, uh, yeah, I try to hit up every uh, convention I can. Uh, uh, usually I just do, um, you know, just regular uh, medium-sized cons. I haven't gone to uh, the big ones yet. Um, so pretty much uh, my first uh, major convention was uh, the Traverse City uh, Cherry Capital Comic Con. Uh, that was wow. in uh, con uh, 2009 was my first ever uh, con that I ever attended. So I just brought my full copy of my portfolio, and I was talking to uh, artists, trying to see how I can get my work out there. And uh, I stopped by this uh, small press table, uh, and uh, this guy he just took my portfolio and started, like, going through the pages and he was like, okay, I think we can use you on something. So, so oh, much, wow. Like, uh, nice. I got, like, uh, my first gig right there on the spot. Nice. And, and I, did for like, uh, I did it for, like, three books. And after that, I, after a while, I got a call from uh, Darren Davis, uh, editor and publisher and CEO of Highway Productions. He's best known for creating uh, The Tenth News which was a huge image comic book uh, back in the uh, early 2000s. And he got a hold of some of my stuff saying, hey, yeah, I got uh, some of your short stories right here, and uh, how would you like to write a novelization on uh, Ray Hitchhausen's uh, Sinbad uh, movie? <laughs> wow. On, on the which Sinbad, what? It was the it was supposed to be the fourth Sinbad movie where Sinbad goes to Mars, but I got shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, they were weighing uh, 
just in time to get the technology right. And Star Wars was like right at, right was shooting right during that time. And, oh. uh, and uh, I got to work from the uh, script. <laughs> and Wow. And uh, oh, do another that would have been a sight to see if they actually like uh, so that was supposed to be in that uh, in the Sinbad series, like which Ray Howard, Harryhausen. Yep, yep. The uh, title oh. wave had like a uh, licensing agreement with a Ray Harryhausen to stay on adapting his uh, uh, his works into. Uh, Comic books, role-playing games, toys, video games, what have you. And uh, I remember watching uh, Jason and the Argonauts when I was uh, younger. And I was just fascinated about the uh, skeletons. And they were, like, sword fighting. I was like, how did they get the skeletons to do that? Harry Housen at his back. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. I, I thought the same way about Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, which is my favorite of, of those, uh, with the Cyclops and the, especially, I kind of wanted to see the Cyclops actually eating the people, though. But, you know, you just got, him see, got to see one on a rotisserie. But uh, <laughs> it was phenomenal. I mean, his work, Clash of the Titans, you know, on and on, but wow, if uh, Sinbad goes to Mars, that's like, wow, that that blows my mind. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, we were, yeah, there was supposed Wouldn't to be... Wouldn't it be kind of cut in on John Carter? I uh, was thinking that, too. Well, yeah, well, Tom, uh, funny spot, uh, funny thing, uh, Sinbad was supposed to have, like, a uh, movie uh, a few years ago, were, you know, Sinbad, Rogue and Mars, but while they were like uh, in talks of producing it, uh, John Carter uh, was like in theaters, so pretty much uh, they had to uh, pull the plug on that because of uh, too many similarities. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. can imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm- yeah, I mean, not to mention, I mean, John Carter was one of those ones where, uh, I mean, even though the source material was fantastic, um, you know, the uh, the film version was literally one of those fly-by-nights uh, in the theater on Friday and on uh, DVD by Sunday. I liked it, though. I liked it. I saw it yeah, on Blu-ray yeah. for the first time, like... Uh, Oh, a handful of years ago. I liked it. <laughs> I think, you know, a lot of the times when I watch a movie that everybody seems to hate and I see it, I like it more than I would have. You know, you know. I, I think we're all like that, too. I, I just liked that movie. John yeah. Carter was cool. Hmm. I didn't have a problem with the movie. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I was hearing it was like... But then again, I like Justice League too. So what does that tell you? I mean, you know, I didn't think it was that. You know, Justice League was pretty decent, all in all. Are we talking about the original Justice League or the uh, Snyder Cut? Uh, The original one. I like the original one better than the Snyder Cut, actually. Oh really? Oh yeah. Wow. Actually, did I I watched them both? In fact, I own the Snyder Cut because I was so curious, and I was like, God, I don't want the. It was. 
longer, but it just seemed like I like that first one, the original one, better. I don't know. I'm, my tastes are kind of weird anyways, but, you know, so. <laughs> well, I like the cut better because it gives more uh, emphasis on Cyborg, and uh, yeah. Flash became like uh, the MVP at the end of it. Uh, yeah, however, um, in the original cut, uh, is it just me or is it just like they they uh, went to all that trouble to save that one family in Russia? I mean, mm-hmm. this is like, aren't they like more people in Russia in that movie or is this like those four people? <laughs> <laughs> well, Superman yeah. didn't pick up that one whole building, so, you know. <laughs> oh, good, you saved the building. Well, there's people in it, I guess, so that's what I was, you know. But I just, yeah, there, I mean, there was some pro- a few things here and there, but, you know, I just, I, I didn't think it was as bad as what they made it out to be, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. I I I look at it like this. Um, I don't I don't always follow what the uh, what some of the film reviews oh. are because uh, I mean, prime like, example I can give. I mean, prime prime example I can give you. I still laugh about it to this day. Um, I remember when uh, when the film Gods and Generals came out, and uh, I'm always always you know, impressed because I, I actually have the uh, the book set in there in my uh, personal collection. And uh, the uh, our local reporter was complaining about the fact that yes, it's an epic civil war film, but it's a strong emphasis on the fact that the uh, South and the Confederate armies were winning. And you know, I got to a point where I wrote to him, and I'm like, well, yes, but if you look at the uh, history books and also in the uh, novels, this is all the prelude to Gettysburg. So yes, obviously mm-hmm. the South yeah. was winning. And, uh, and the reporter actually wrote, re- you know, responded back to me and was like, yeah, but do they really need to be aware of these things? <laughs> Jesus. So, they, yeah. It's part of the history, yeah. You know, I mean, they won both Battles of Bull Run and, you know, a few others early on. I mean, even with the North Superior numbers, you know, I mean, but. So, John, tell exactly. us about the same game. Insane Jane, you know, action comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Insane Jane's about a uh, fangirl named Jane Travers, whose life revolves around comic books, pop culture, and uh, sugar powered donuts. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, she's a hairdresser every, by all your life revolves around the sugar powdered donuts. <laughs> Yeah, so she's hairdresser by day and uh, mass vigilante at night. Uh, one night she stopped a uh, convenience store robbery. All she did was pick up the phone, call 911, let the police handle it. Then she has an epiphany, like, hey, I can be my own superhero. So she runs back home and she makes uh, this uh, costume and becomes the uh, superhero uh, crusader, the avenging star. And she goes out to fight crime in her small town, but she does it in all the wrong ways. 
she thinks she's helping, but she's doing a lot more harm than good. And uh, Oops. one one morning she wakes up in an insane asylum. Then she breaks out trying to find the supervillains who imprisoned her in the first place. Nice. Oh, that's, that yeah. sounds very cool. Uh, yeah, we got an option for that for a movie and Miracle Lolly from uh, the after party and Joshua's dollhouse was attached to uh, star in it. <laughs> so uh, wow. movie being shopped around. <laughs> nice. Congrats. That's cool. I'm happy for I you, John, on that. That's just great. You, I just... I yeah, John, I mean I mean you're you're taking these creations and I think it's so awesome you're doing it, and you you're you're young and you're you're driven, and there's not a lot of driven people at so young as you. You're you're making it happen. Uh, yeah, sometimes I just can't believe it myself. I'm just everything is becoming such a blur. Uh, sometimes I have to like stop and think, "Well, is this really happening?" So yeah, wow. And well, it yeah, is. Take it all in, John, and, and you, enjoy it because you deserve it. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Also, you do deserve it yep. because you are driven. You got this path. You're following it. It's kind of William and Tom and Nick. You guys got this path, you're following it, and you're you're living what you're you're living your dream. Basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I mean it's something just like, you know, growing up and reading uh, uh your favorite comic books and looking at your favorite uh superheroes on the posters on your walls and then you get to a point and say, hey, some some person out there is reading my stuff and uh, looking at my drawings. Oh, pretty much, I'm like the guy on the poster on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Great, the next generation, they're going to look at your poster on the wall and they're going to say, I want to be that guy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it, because you're doing everything right. I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm sorry I've been quiet the whole time. It's just because I've been listening to you, and you're so driven. And I think that is so awesome. And like you said, you know, I'm looking at my poster on the wall. The next generation, your poster is going to be on the wall because you're making it happen. Yeah, it's like it's very surreal. Uh, yeah, and it's, 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 it's not. Another thing okay. I, I'd like to add to that too is, um, uh, uh, like ten, twenty, thirty, forty years ago, there are a lot less illust- illustrators and comic book artists than there are today. Today, more competitive than at any other time in history. So when you get your foot in the door and and you you uh you excel in that you get people to notice you and accept you uh it's it's not just because you have a nice sweet 
smiling face. It's because of your talent. So, you know, it's it, it, – and in, in such a market these days, it's like kudos to you. I mean, my God, with everything that's going – I mean, all the – you know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, um, uh, you're like – especially in the world of comic books and fandom and, and, and geeks like me <laughs> and us um, – it's uh, it's a it's really uh, it, it's like it's a it's a it's a feat for you to do that and and you know it's like a almost like a medal of honor to actually go through the gate and to keep going and to to make a living doing that kind of thing getting the recognition okay. and so and it's, and it's because of your talent. Wow! Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a tribute to your talent and ability, John. You know, uh, yeah. as a writer and as an artist. I mean, I've known you for a few years, so I've seen it up close. And everything. it's just like, you know, wow. I mean, you know, I consider it an honor and privilege to have met you and know you and call you a friend. So uh, uh, thank you're you. great and you deserve it. That, But it's your ability and hard work that, man, why you deserve it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I think Matt, he's, he's a really nice guy. It's very rewarding when we actually see uh, things like this happen. Um, and uh, congratulations to your uh, uh, novels, especially in your Enrod uh, We Trust series. I remember, oh, thank uh, you. I remember reading this uh, one story from uh, your collection. Um, what was that one? Uh Billy's ghost, or about the um, about the Lions fan? Oh, uh, the ghost of Tom, yeah, yeah, ghost yeah. of Tom, yeah. I mean, well, uh, today, well, today was my uncle Brad's birthday. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, and he mm-hmm. was an avid sports fan. He loved the Red Wings. He uh, loved every every Michigan sports team. And I uh, was reading it earlier today uh, for like the third time. And, oh, oh, thank you. And, and what you wrote about all the all those guys, you know, trying to pull a trick on him and about Tom and everything reminded everything about my uncle Fred. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, man. I just threw it in there because I thought it was, I needed something with a little bit of a humor, sense of humor in it. Because sometimes Rod Serling did that. He put one of us every now and then would be have a sense of humor story. And I thought, well, I don't want them all to be serious. And well, that had some levity or some lightheartedness in it. And it's like, you know, I did warn the family. I'd come back and haunt them if I die. And they put anything lions in my casket. So, you know, <laughs> you know, and I go, I won't haunt you in a good way either. You know, the nature of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, who was your writing inspiration? Was it still comic book artists and writers, or was there, um, at least for your novels and stuff? I mean, you know. Well, uh, growing up, I was a very avid reader, um, mostly by the R.L. Stein book series Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I love Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, my best friend, he had, like, the entire library. I would borrow uh, books from him. And I was just like read uh, everything from cover to cover, 
And uh, I then at night, I will watch reruns of uh, Tales from the Crypt on uh, Fox from 11 to midnight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I can only watch the reruns on Fox, not the ones that they aired on HBO. So uh, Crypt Keeper was like a huge uh, impact for me, and it was fun meeting John Kassir uh, for the very first time at uh, Astronomicon a couple years ago. He uh, did the Crypt Keeper voice for me, and suddenly I was eight years old again. I was like, oh, my God, I'm best friends with the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) He was at at Motor City a couple times, too. And he's making an album for the Crypt Keeper voice. I had no idea he did uh, Buster Bunny from Tiny Toons and Ray Rocket from Rocket Power. He's like more than doing that scary parts. So uh, pretty much I got to grow up with the Crypt Keeper in like pretty much in every uh, show I ever watched when I was a kid. (laughs) Without me knowing it. He knows about our show. And met him. Next time you see him, he say, you got to go on Frankie and Friends. Because I'm trying to book them. Oh, we have. Uh, we, we uh, on our uh, wall of fame uh, from conventions and such, we, we've got a photo of him, 8x10 photo of him, right there saying, uh, Nick and Francie, hi. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got so to keep him on the show. It's the Crypt Keeper. Wow. Yeah. Every fan of, of everything that we do, we all each other have, have to have a section of wherever it is that we live at, like a wall of other people that have inspired us, that have signed things for us. <laughs> you know, like, thank you for everything you do, sign Stephen King. You know, and stuff. Everybody has to have walls of each other's, you know, signatures and faces and things. I, I think, yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I. So we I do. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, do you have yeah. a favorite comic book uh, here, uh, superhero or here, uh, character or, you know? Oh, I have. I have two. Um, uh, from Marvel's Spider-Man, I just find uh, Pierre Parker very fascinating and because he's uh, the most relatable to uh, every uh, reader. He's pretty much the everyman because we all experience uh, what he's going through. Uh, like uh, he's a young man, he's a young person actually, and he struggles on being a good student, uh, trying to pay his rent on time, uh, trying to maintain his relationships, and tries not to alienate his friends and tries to uh, help out with Aunt May. So I think he's um, one of the most uh, perfect but problematic uh, characters in pop culture. And over the DC side, I have to say uh, my favorite DC hero is Batman because he has there we go. two powers. <laughs> Yeah. No superpowers. He's just a guy who trains a lot, and he strives on being the best on everything, the best detective, the best fighter, uh, the best uh, scientist. And and when they ask him who he is, he can say, I'm Batman. 
Well, Batman, you know, he he's like uh, tries to get in the heads and figure out what criminals are going to do better than anybody else, too. You know? Yeah. Seems like all the criminals in his rogues gallery are like a polarized version of him. Like uh, Mm -hmm. Batman represents order, while Joker represents chaos. Um, Penguin is like a twisted caricature of uh, Bruce Wayne. And uh, Two Face is like, and Two Face is kind of like this mask or whatever. And the good side is Harvey Dent. No, he's the most most honest person. But when he's Two Face, he's like dark and twisted. He represents the darkness from inside. And it's like the kind of struggle that Batman has to uh, deal with every day. The Two-Face is the guy that if you go to the bathroom, he's going to drink your beer and hit on your woman. Yep, that's the arch criminal, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, John, what do you think of uh, um, Infinity War as an endgame? Oh, I love Infinity War. Uh, I I watched it three times in the theater. And every time we see one of our favorite heroes, everyone starts cheering. I've never been a part of anything like that. It then became a movie. It became like an experience. And I really like how it ended because it shows that sometimes heroes don't usually save the day. Like the Avengers, they always save the day, but at the end, they're faced with a tremendous loss. And in Endgame, well, I don't know, Endgame was fun, but it kind of dragged a little long, and it kind of felt like a flip show, because <laughs> they had to go yeah. back and uh, get the Infinity Stones, and then, well, we're just a scene where uh, Tony, uh, Cap, and Black Widow, they're just like lying on the coffin's floor, saying, hey, Hey, if you think about the Sitting Stones in New York at the same time, then I said, well, yeah, there were six Sitting Stones at the same time where Thanos was on his little retirement planet. So why don't you just go back in time and uh, stop him from destroying the Sitting Stones like a week early or something? <laughs> yeah. See, I kind of liked how it ended up with the yeah. characters, you know. You know, yeah. You know, Steve Rogers finally got to a life that, you know, Tony had told him to, you know, um, Tony Stark had told him to live, and he finally got what really the love of his life. And, you know, I thought that it was kind of, I guess you'd say it was a, a romantic ending of sorts for a comic book hero. But, but Tony sacrificed everything to get all that, too, so... Captain Marvel should have kicked Thanos' ass, though. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, she can, like, take down the entire warship, but yeah, can, like, you know, defeat Thanos with a single flick of her fingers or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kevin Feige says she's, like, the most powerful, uh, she's the most powerful uh, character in the MCU. But, uh, I don't know. It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, 
I yeah. thought there were some great lines and scenes in it, like when Spider-Man hands her the glove and, you know, hi, Peter Parker, you know, that kind. And when uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man hug when he comes back from the wherever he was when he got the snap the first time. And, you know, I, mean, I think there are some moments in it. And I thought the battle was kind of epic, but there are some moments in it I thought kind of, yeah, that, that's kind of nice. I like that, you know. I wish I kind of wish there was kind of more of it, though. You know, Does that makes sense. I love yeah. the callbacks, especially when uh, Captain America has his com link. This is like, mm-hmm. hey, Cap, it's me, Sam, on your left, and everyone just erupted. <laughs> and yeah, everyone started cheering. We got like the Ravengers, the uh, Asgardians. The Guardians uh, mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, every major character, even Howard the Duck, was in the uh, group. Oh, Howard the Duck! Well, I as they were, what moved me the most uh, was uh, Tony Stark's funeral, where the camera yeah. like went to, yeah, okay, there's there's these people, there's these people, and just about every every movie, Marvel movie. Prior to that, all the characters and everything that and, and that fought in the Endgame, they were all there for Tony Stark's funeral. I thought that that was uh, that was pretty uh, cool to get everybody the Ant Man and you know and, oh, and all that. I thought that was really neat. I thought that that was a really neat kind of finale for that. And then they go on to phase whatever. I mean, I'm gonna well. die in my 90s, and they're gonna be. There's going to be movies being made, probably 4D movies at that point, of Marvel Phase 50. You know, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, so at some point it's like I kind of lose interest and I want to go back and explore older movies and things instead of a lot of what's, what, they're, what they're pumping out nowadays. Uh, I, I, I mean, even Star Wars, uh, and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I was there at the very beginning, and it was fantastic in the 70s when it first came out. And I, I played C-3PO and Darth Vader at recess time in the fifth grade. Um, but uh, I, And just, you know, you have so many Marvel movies and so many Star Wars movies and so many of those such and stuff. Eventually, you kind of get tired of it, and you want to see what else is going on. That's my opinion of it. I mean, but we can, I can, uh, I've seen enough that, we can. I can really get involved in this conversation. I've been just listening, but uh, it's like, okay, no, oh please. Uh, my and they do have. I I saw Shang Chi the other night for the first time, and I loved it. Loved oh, it. Oh, so good. Yeah, it, was, it. it was a different approach. That's for sure. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a run of the mill. Uh, big budget martial artist movie, and I loved the the dynamics of the family of the characters and the father and the you know that whole thing. That kind of really moved me throughout the whole thing. So it was character driven, and I really loved yeah. it. And all the it didn't feel like a Marvel movie except with some of the cameos and Ben Kingsley. Oh my goodness, I didn't like Iron Man three, but I loved Ben Kingsley's character oh. in this uh, in heralding back. To Iron Man three, I thought that that just, like I said, I can go on in this conversation too. So I know everything that you're talking about with all the stuff and the things. But I mean, you know, 
uh, I mean, uh, Marvel is great and Star Wars is great and everything. There's so much more to life, and people still obsess over. I, I go on YouTube all the time too about all the uh, um, the channels that that talk about the wokeism nowadays with Disney and the, all the blah blah blah. And everything. I'm going, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Don't watch Pinocchio. For Pete's sake, don't watch it. If you're not going to like it, don't. don't. Just watch something else. Watch a oh, good what? Lucio Fulci movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, yeah, but you know what I mean. We could go on forever about this. They're going to go on forever. It's like, The only uh, comment I got is Robert Downey Jr.'s hot. I mean, He's a beautiful man. I mean, sorry, that's all I got. So, John, what projects you got working on, and what do you have coming out in the future? Oh well, I have the uh, I have the Dorian Gray beneath the canvas uh, trade paperback, which collects uh, issues one through four, coming out on October eighteenth. Cool. Special edition cover by Martin Guinness. Uh, that's known for uh, his work in Image and Top Cow. And I believe he did some uh, Witchblade back in the day. <laughs> oh, wow. Not, oh, not bad at all. Not bad. You know, yeah. you mentioned uh, your your works about Dorian Gray at the beginning of the show. Uh, I failed to ask you. I wanted to ask you this. Um, what's your fascination with uh, with the whole Dorian Gray thing? Uh, Dorian Gray, uh, Picture of Dorian Gray was one of my favorite books, and I consider it one of the uh, very early teen dramas of its time. Uh, we're talking about a vain young man who's very superficial, and he gets into uh, very uh, scandalous affairs. And the whole uh, painting, aging room, and reflecting his hubris and his dark personality, wow. I think I think it has that cool uh, psychological factor, which Dorian becomes paranoid and paranoid thinking, uh, is this actually happening? Is this all in my head or, or, or is this painting uh, damning my soul? So it also has uh, themes of the uh, Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe, which is a very, which was an excellent short story. <laughs> yes. Well, what did you think of what they did with Dorian Gray in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, comics and movie? Uh, Stuart Townsend. Yeah, you really, uh, you really oozed sexuality in that character. And he uh, played that part uh, perfectly. Uh, even though it was like a, um, kind of like a loose adaptation of the story, it kind of makes they took like all the Larry characters and made like some kind of an X Men like project, which was uh, which was a very bold move. It really paid off, and uh, I really want to see uh, more of that character if they ever do another uh, project uh, based on that. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, yeah, when I was like uh, doing the uh, Dorian Gray comic book series and the novels. Uh, my friends be like, dude, got a job working at League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's awesome. <laughs> like, no, that, yeah, no. wow, yeah. I am working on the character, but it's a different, 
interpretation of it. So he's not going to be uh, getting to fist fights with Mr. Hyde or whatever. He's like, well, why not? No, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about that. Uh, the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen the other day. I think it's because something I came across on YouTube, like an expose about it or a retrospect. <laughs> but um, I, I, for the first time in my life, I thought, you know what? Um, there, that version of of um, Mr. Hyde was like a predecessor of the cinematic Hulk. Oh, yeah. They kind of made um, Mr. Hyde uh, and Jekyll and Hyde kind of like Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah, when you think about it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I can see a Hulk and Bruce Banner into it. And uh, and uh, Tom, oh, was it Tom Sawyer? Not a hard Tom Sawyer, but Tom Sawyer in the movie was uh, more like the Hawkeye of the whole bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the only drawback was uh, casting Sean Connery, though, is um, you know, within it because obviously you could tell he was a fish out of water. Well, uh, he was offered the roles of the architect and Gandalf in the Matrix and Lord of the Rings movies, but he passed on uh-huh. because he didn't quite understand. Uh, he didn't understand uh, the films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, you know, as soon as I heard that it was there was Alan Quartermain, I was like, I don't know. I, I still remember Richard Chamberlain in that one. But that's just you know, that, that's just me. I know I'm aging myself. <laughs> mm. I don't know who would you cast as uh, Alan Quarterman in the League of Gentlemen, uh, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Because you're asking great questions, Tom. Yeah. Nick was saying his phone died, and I thought <clears throat> my phone. I thought the show ended. But Nick's like, my phone died. All right, oh, but no. uh, John no. was asking uh, Tom about so Alan Quartermain. I'm telling Quartermain. him to call in on yeah. the other phone. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree. I kind of pictured somebody younger in the, than Sean Connery in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I guess, when it, when I heard it was coming out. But I don't know. I always kind of like Sean and everything he does. So, you know. There's some air about him that just kind of, yeah, okay, you know. See, now, here's the female side. It does say Sean Connery is a very good-looking gentleman. Well, I'll swing that way, but he is a great actor. He the bondest of all bonds. (laughs) He is the bondest of all bonds. He definitely was. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. are about to end the show. Okay. okay, the British woman is about to cut us off. John, I would like to have you back on. Oh, I love to be uh, back on the show. I'm having so much fun. Thank you, Francie. Cool. And I will yeah, tell you, you we went from when we aired when we aired the first time we were at number three. 
then we came back on uh, with this show, and I appreciate you doing this again because we had to cut that show off and we had to make a new show page. We aired at number three uh, the second time, and we jumped up in the ratings. We are now the number two show. All right. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Wait. I, I nope, think you guys think we're, we're number two right now, live on the air. In this case, it's good to be to number two. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, what conventions are you going to be at coming up or the rest go. of this year or next year? Uh, well, where are you going to be? Couple, uh, I got a couple shows coming up in November. I don't know where I'm going to be in between, but I'm going to try to get some shows in, in October. So that's in time for the Halloween crowd. But I'm going to be at the uh, Traverse City uh, Commons, uh, the Village of Traverse City Commons, where they used to have the uh, old insane asylum. Perfect way to mm-hmm. uh, market in St. Jane. Okay, cool. It'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be just in time for uh, deer season. It's part of their uh, deer w- hunting w- widows weekend. Get all those uh, housewives out there and... Uh, Fine uh, book. Yeah. And I'll be over at uh next week and the week after that I'll be over at Port Huron for a fantastic con. Oh, that's right. I'll see you there. I'll be there too. All right. And, awesome. Yeah. And John, where can people locate you? Oh, uh, uh, you can find my books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, iBooks and iTunes. And uh, also in the trunk of my car. I keep mine in my car. He's like my keeping it real. Yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> All right, so where can we find you on Facebook and other social media? Uh, yeah, you, uh, you can find me on my Facebook page. And, uh, and over at Tieway Productions. Uh, dot org and also at marcosia dot com. <laughs> All, right. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I yeah. would love to have you back on. Yes, I'd please. be happy to join you. Yeah. You, yeah, yep. you and I were we're friends on Facebook, so let me know when you can come back on. Uh, maybe sometime do. in November. <laughs> Where oh, we shoot yeah, for November awesome. when Fantastic Con is that weekend? Oh, that'd be great. Well, that yeah. would be fantastic. That's the <laughs> weekend before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh my gosh, it's already going to happen. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be there too. Care. So you can both give our notes on it. Yeah. You know. Wow. Ah. Yep. Well, everybody, I'm going to check out. John, it was great talking to you. Yeah. Tell your mom and grandma yeah. I said hi, and we'll see them at Fantasticon, hopefully. You know? Yeah, sounds good. Likewise. Thank you so much. Really like You're welcome. John, you, was, John, it was a pleasure to meet you tonight. John, it was so awesome. You're you're awesome. You're welcome back anytime. I hope we didn't scare you away. Uh, no, no, I don't scare that easy. I don't care that Okay. Easy, <laughs> oh, good. That's good. You're, you're a great guest. 
Because we can't be a little nutty. Tom Sawyer, William Brower, you're all on the east. You're all on the East Coast. Good night. Love you all. Good night. Love you, too. Good night, everybody. Take care. Good night, everyone. John, we just met. Love you, John. Yeah, I love you, too, Francie. All right. Oh, this is terrible. Uh, Happy anniversary. Sing us a song. Huh? Sing us a song while I look for this. Here we go. Sing us a song, John. Think of the song, what song? Which one? Sing us a song. Oh, here it is. Okay, here we go. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. What? Ah, my Yeah. All those nights when you've got no light, the check is in the mail. It is a great song. You little angel. Yeah, so good. the only dumbass here.
Hello, Francie. This is Joel Wycoop, and I just wanted to call and wish everybody there, Francie and friends, a very happy three years you have had on the air. I think that is awesome, and I wanted to call up and be a part of it. So I am calling to let you know that this is Joel Wycoop calling you, just wishing you all the best and all your best in the continuum. The continuum. Like, is that a word? Oh, who the heck knows? <laughs> of uh, your show, which is the best. I love it. Uh, it's always fun that you've had me on there more than a couple times. And it's been a lot of fun. And I wish you lots of success and to keep going and, and keep going on the show. And I love it. And it's always very entertaining. And I know uh, this Sunday night, actually, you have the lovely and talented Melanie Robel on there. So be sure to say hi to her. And Francie and friends, I wish you all the best. And again, this is Joel Wycliffe. You all take care. I love you. You're the best. And I uh, just really, really love the show. And again, just want to congratulate you for three years on the air. I think it's been awesome. All right, and I love you all. Bye-bye. My play button. Okay, here we go. I know. I did, did one fine all week, and then Sunday night. I love your show. You guys talk about everything and anything, and it's, a, it's amazing, you know, and and, uh, you know, it, it's just fun. It's all, you know, last time I think I was on was, God, almost a year ago in, uh, with David Madison. Yeah, and, David uh, Madison made bought, a phone call in. Yeah, yeah. we were, uh, uh, I think Stephen Jeffries. It was me, David Madison, and Stephen Jeffries. Yeah, I, I was telling Ron about that, and he was like, damn it. <laughs> I was like, well, we're, we're, we're going to try and get Stephen on. Don't, don't worry. Stephen Jeffries. From Fright Night. That yeah, he's he's really cool. He he was a really nice guy. I think Nick was more shocked. Are you fucking kidding me, Stephen fucking Jeffrey? What I wanted to ask was um, you know I mean uh, there's so many people that I want to thank like when my film comes out and with your permission I wanted to uh, ask to be able to put your name in the end credits in the special thanks section just for being very you know just for kind of uh. You know, give me a, a mental boost, uh, as my uh, mother would say, the proverbial kick in the behind and uh, inspire me to keep on going. I'd like to uh, just, Chris, and just put your name in the special thanks at the end for being one of the people who inspired me to keep moving forward. Uh, she must have stepped out for a minute. 
But Sue fucking Dent is here tonight. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? We have Sue fucking Yo, Dent on tonight. We have Sue fucking Dent tonight. If she ever comes on, is she on? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, she's, she's here. She's here. Too
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.